So as we move from upstairs that um, these cases that focused on contributions by women and on these um, you know, beautiful illustrated books and manuscript compilations, as we move downstairs, um, in the corner cases, one of the things um, that, that was deliberate, I have to say, was to, to put two um, male writers in the corner cabinet cases in a way just to sort of highlight women's contributions upstairs but to, to recognize, look, there are male writers writing, you know, amazingly popular books um, on natural history, and the exhibition wouldn't be complete without them. But I did want to sort of reverse sort of tra traditional historiographies that really highlight those male-authored publications to the, you know, to the marginalization of, of these women. So in one of the cases is um, our set of works by Philip Goss. And the Fisher does have an amazing um, collection of his works. And he really popularized marine and shore collecting. So specimens that you would then put in your home aquaria. And so his books line um, the glass uh, shelves in that corner. Now, he told people what to collect, um, how to take a chisel and to scrape a sea anemone off a rock, and then how to put that in your aquarium. And I think it's interesting that later on when his son Edmund um, in the 1900s published a memoir by Goss, he he gave voice to his father's own regret at um, how much he had popularized shore collecting and marine specimen collecting and aquaria. And, and his father noted later in life that the species that, the sort of wealth of species that he encountered when he first went collecting had declined so much. The, this declining biodiversity had been a product of his own popular books in, you know, that spurred um, so many Victorians to go to the shore. So part of what the downstairs does in its items um, is, is, I think just to just to highlight even even implicitly at moments explicitly at others this cost to the environment of natural history collecting so as we move around the room we have um on the walls, we have single wildflowers done by Agnes Chamberlain for Partrail's um, Canadian wildflowers. And one of Partrail's concerns, even in the 1860s, is that um, some of the species she first encountered in the woods um, seem to have felt, as she says, sort of the effects of um, the settler's axe and plow and so forth. And so she registers concern about the decline of some of these species. And so what I've tried to do in having so many of Agnes Chamberlain's preparatory watercolors for Canadian wildflowers up on the walls is... Um, to highlight how those document what it has what later declined that kind of biodiversity and that kind of great range of wildflower species um, on one wall. And then in the glass case at the back of the room, you have a number of books that dovetail with, with what was called fern fever. And 
So just like seaweeds were subject to overcollecting and sea anemones and zoophytes, ferns took the took you know a great <laughs> great share of the. Um, the force of the collector, shall we say. So as people were collecting ferns to put in their Wardian cases and to put in their albums and their window gardens, those delicate species um, began to decline. And so even in the 1830s, you have people starting to call for fern laws um, to protect these species. And then later in the century, in the 1870s, you have... You have these um, writers who of window gardening manuals and people who are encouraging this form of interior decor, but even they are saying, oh, um, you know, reckless collectors are depopulating species. Now, again, there's a bit of cognitive dissonance because they're still writing works that are popularizing the collecting, but in their minds, there are sort of reckless collectors and then there are good collectors. Anyway, you slice it, um, the, the overcollecting of ferns, the overcollecting of native British orchids, um, the overcollecting of seaweeds, a lasting legacy has been the depopulation of a number of species and, um, and then others remaining threatened. So the downstairs just, again, um, goes a little more in depth with some of the forms of collecting. It's highlighting works by women, but it's also just um, just getting us to recognize that that it's taken a while for us to move to what we would call um, you might have heard of leaving no trace LNT it's sort of a conservation ethic which is when we go into nature to leave no trace of our humanness in that environment I mean, the Victorians have left us with a lot of traces of their encounters with nature, and they also, indeed, some of their practicing, um, their collecting practices were not sustain. what we would say, they were not sustainable, they threatened, and they destroyed some species. So the downstairs is just um, getting us, I hope, very implicitly to think about how far maybe we've come from the Victorians, um, but also how much further we have to go.